Hello and welcome to the Southampton FC Audio Matchday programme. And today, Saints take on Man City. In today's issue, we'll hear from manager Ruben Sellers and get a few words from Franny Benali. There's also a feature interview with Gavin Bazunu. Welcome to the Matchday programme. It's Saints versus Manchester City. First up, a note from your manager, Ruben Sellers. Ruben writes, Dear supporters, welcome back to St Mary's for this Premier League match against Manchester City. I would like to welcome Pep Guardiola, his staff and players to Southampton. It is a great pleasure to face them for the first time as a manager, as I have a lot of respect for what Pep has brought to football, both as a player and manager. We know how tough it is to face one of the best teams in Europe, but we've had success against them in the past, including in the Carabao Cup this season. We must take belief and confidence from that and use it as our fuel today. Last time here at St Mary's, we showed our fighting spirit to take a very important point against Tottenham. To be 3-1 down with 15 minutes to go and still take a draw against a team in the top four just shows how much character we have in the dressing room and proves the players believe in what we're doing. The way you, the fans, supported us through that period was key to the comeback. We saw a stadium that was bouncing with the team, helping push the players forward, and in the end we were rewarded for our bravery. After the international break we returned with a disappointing result against West Ham. I felt we controlled most of the game and did a lot of things well, but we've come out on the wrong side of an even game and one set piece was enough to decide it. As always we've taken the time to reflect and analyse our performance and work on a plan to take a positive result today. We know we must be clinical and take our chances when they arrive against a team with the quality of Manchester City. But we're ready for the challenge. With your support, I believe we can do something special. We march on. Ruben. Southampton FC Women Update Saints stutter at St Andrews The search for a spring win continued as Southampton FC Women fell to a rejuvenated Birmingham City in their first game of April. A penalty at each end in the first half saw the two sides go into the break level, with both Jade Pennock and Ella Pusey converting, but an individual goal from Ashley Hodson sealed all three points for the home side. It could have been a nightmare start for Saints within the first minute, as a poorly weighted pass unleashed Jade Pennock down the right-hand side, from where she was able to see a teammate in the box. Saints keeper Kayla Rendell was out to collect quickly, but had the ball kicked from her hands into the back of the net. The referee was quick to blow his whistle in Saints' favour. Birmingham then kept up the pressure, while Saints struggled to get a hold on the tacky surface. Saints had their best opportunity of the game just before the half-hour mark, as they worked the ball well around the back of the opposition box, fashioning space and time for Lucia Kendall to strike, but her effort skimmed off the top of the crossbar and away. However, Blues were awarded a penalty for a challenge on the very edge of the box just after. Pennock stepped up to convert, despite Rendell diving the correct way. Beth Lumsden tested the keeper not long after, forcing Lucy Thomas into a low save to not only deny the number 10, but also an onrushing Megan Collett at the back post. With Saints getting in and around the danger zone, it was Birmingham who were next to slip up with some last-ditch defending. A melee in the box saw the referee once again point to the spot, as Lumsden was floored. 
With normal penalty taker Paige Peak on the bench, Ella Pusey stepped up and sent the keeper the wrong way to bring Saints back level as the half-time whistle approached. Marianne Spacey-Kale made two half-time changes to provide different options in attack, with Sophia Farrow and Katie Wilkinson replacing Alice Griffiths and Lumsden. It was Birmingham City substitute Ashley Hodson, though, who made the most impact, as she raced forward and slotted low and hard into the bottom corner, past Rendell in the 73rd minute. Another change for Spacey Kale's side saw Lexi Lloyd-Smith replace Rafferty in another attacking throw of the dice, with Saints searching for that late equaliser. Megan Wynne was the next Saints player to enter the fray, replacing Pusey with less than five minutes of normal time to play, and went agonisingly close to getting the equaliser, heading high onto the crossbar from a well-placed Lexi Lloyd-Smith cross in injury time. However, it was not to be for Saints, who suffered defeat at the hands of an experienced Birmingham City. The interview. Gavin Bazunu. Few goalkeepers can lay claim to a football education quite like Gavin Bazunu. Racking up a hundred league appearances before his 21st birthday, the Irishman has already sampled the competitiveness of the lower divisions in between training against world-class talent, leading him to Premier League ever-present and established international way ahead of schedule. When Gavin Bazunu arrived at St Mary's last summer, he was still just about on track to reach a significant milestone in his promising career. It was a target the thoughtful young goalkeeper had set himself four years prior, upon leaving Shamrock Rovers in his native Ireland, to join today's star-studded opponents Manchester City as a 16-year-old. When I moved over to England with some of the close people around me, I always said my goal was to reach 100 club appearances by the time I turned 21, he reveals. For some perspective... Bazunu rates Premier League Brazilians Edison and Alisson and Barcelona's Marc-André Testegen as the world's best goalkeepers. Edison was 23, Alisson 25 and Testegen 21 upon bringing up their respective centuries. In order for Bazunu to achieve the feat while still a 20-year-old, he could not afford to miss a single Premier League game. He succeeded. The Chelsea game that we played away was two days before my birthday and it was my hundredth club game, so I was really happy to achieve that, he smiles modestly, recalling February's 1-0 win at Stamford Bridge. It was one that we probably enjoyed the most as a squad. It was a really good result, a really good team performance and a clean sheet helps as well. As it happens, Bazunu's Chelsea shout-out was actually the 112th club appearance of his fledgling career. The tallies prove the goalkeeper is only counting league games making the landmark even more impressive. Whilst some at the top of the goalkeeping world may have been there from the start, Bazunu has taken the scenic route, via loan moves in League One to Rochdale and Portsmouth in the last two seasons that made up 63% of his first league century. It is his desire to play and to learn from mistakes that have fast-tracked his development to ever-present Premier League stopper and first-choice international. I think it came from playing so early at Shamrock Rovers, he says, you ask anyone, once you get that taste for playing first-team football, you want it as soon as possible. As soon as I played those six first-team games for Shamrock Rovers and moved to Man City, my aim was always to get out on loan as quickly as I could to get that taste for professional football, real football, again. Having those experiences and appearances under my belt has really helped me. It was his performances lower down the English pyramid that convinced Ireland manager Stephen Kenny to put his faith in Bazunu, then still a teenager, to keep goal for his country, before an awards-laden campaign down at the M27 at Fratton Park persuaded Saints to put their faith in the youngster with a summer swoop from City, 
then still his parent club. Bazunu's approach towards racking up game after game had paid off, and since becoming a Premier League goalkeeper he hasn't missed a single minute in the top flight. It's been massive for me, he reflects on his first season as a saint. My main aim when I came in was to establish myself, make sure I was getting game time. That was the risk I took coming here, but I'm really glad that I've been able to come in and play, and have all the experience that I've had. Hopefully I can continue to keep that record going. I've had some bad games, had a lot of mistakes as well, but those are the ones I'm savouring the most because I'm learning from them. It underlines Bazunu's maturity and self-assuredness how he owns those mistakes. He doesn't tiptoe around the tough times or pretend they didn't happen. On the contrary, he's the first to bring it up. I think it comes from experience, from playing a lot of games before being here, having a lot of similar situations, at a different level, definitely. But I've come in and not been happy with my performance, he reflects honestly. I learned very quickly in football that usually you only have five or seven days to wait before you're playing again, and you can put those things right. Everybody in football knows you're only one game away from being a hero or a villain, so it's very important to keep yourself as a player very level, because if you hold on to mistakes, or even if you hold on to great games, a lot of the time it can affect your next game, and that's never a good thing. I'm really thankful for the people around me at the club who've given me the opportunity to come here and play, and stuck behind me whenever I've had tough times. I'm really appreciative of that. Life as a goalkeeper, Bazunu believes, is less forgiving than any other position. When a striker misses a chance, the scoreline stays the same. When a goalkeeper plays an intercepted pass, misjudges a cross or parries a shot to an opponent, invariably they are punished. It's what people remember, too. It's that constant scrutiny, he says, that's the biggest change from League One, more so than the quality of the opposition. I think it's probably just magnified because of how important goalkeepers are in the game, he says, because if you make a mistake, a lot of the time it ends up being a goal or a goal-scoring opportunity. Our mistakes are just a lot more highlighted than outfield players, and we're scrutinised a lot more for the mistakes, which is rightly so, because we're the last line of defence. I think just being at a level where things happen a bit quicker, the players are a bit smarter, those decisions become even more important. Coming in, playing every minute in the Premier League and seeing a lot of these teams for the first time, with the game being played at a quicker speed with more quality, I think the more minutes I'm getting, the more I'm used to it. Such is Bazunu's appetite to learn, as evidenced by his play, play, play motto, he admits to finding it hard to take himself away from the game. Or more accurately, he just doesn't want to, as a lover of football who watches as many games as an armchair fan. There are times, however, given Saints' results, that he feels the need to keep a safe distance from social media and guard against consuming unconstructive criticism. Emma Raducanu, the poster girl of British tennis who was born in the same year as Bazunu, recently mentioned she deleted WhatsApp and Instagram following her second round exit from this year's Australian Open. This is a generation of athletes who seem more aware of the influence these channels have on their own mental state. I wouldn't say I take myself away from football too much, Bazunu explains. I probably take myself away from the noise of it, as in social media and people who are going to have opinions, things like that. But if I'm sitting at home and there's a match on the TV, I won't shy away from that. I know a lot of the lads who wouldn't watch football at all, but for me, this is my profession, this is my job, and when I go home and there's two neutral teams playing, I can still watch that as a hobby. Sometimes it can be difficult because you're trying to analyse the game and analyse the players if you're playing one of the teams in an upcoming week or something like that, but I can still sit back and enjoy it. Today marks a third meeting this season between Bazuno and his former employers, the club he feels gave him an insight into life at the top and what it takes to get there. 
Having joined at 16, he spent half a season playing for the under-18s and a full season with the under-23s, before the loan moves that showcased his talents. Bazunu remains full of gratitude to City's head of goalkeeping, Xavier Mancisidor, his mentor, but it was the players on the pitch that showed him the levels he aspires to reach. Overall, I would say I was exposed to about three, maybe four months of first-team training, which was absolutely invaluable for me, he says. Not just the goalkeepers, but to see the level of players like De Bruyne, David Silva, Sergio Aguero, to be able to put myself up against that level of player was really eye-opening and showed me exactly where I needed to be. He may still be learning on the job, but Bazunu's rate of progress speaks volumes of his attitude and talent, and his ceiling is as high as any goalkeeper in the game. JWP 400 Last weekend, Southampton captain James Ward-Prowse proudly pulled on the Saints shirt for the 400th time in his career. Here, he recalls some of his standout moments from his first 12 years on the team. Number 1. Senior Debut. Crystal Palace 2, Saints 0. 25th October 2011. This does make me feel old, says James. You always work towards you first, so to get this moment was pretty special. Nerve-wracking, for sure. I was more nervous about the fact that I had to sing on my first away trip rather than the game itself. I remember Jack Court was very important for me that day. He really assured me, gave me a lot of good advice and made me feel at home. Number 2. Off the Mark. Coventry 1, Saints 2. The 7th of January 2012. I ghosted into the box like a natural striker. I had a power aid at half-time, so my tongue was blue. You don't really think about scoring in those games. You just want to please the manager and get trust from your teammates. To do it was a pinch-myself moment and a very special goal in my career. Number 85, first Premier League goal. Saints 2, Hull 0, the 11th of April 2015. At the time that penalty was given, says James, I thought, it's not me. I think Sadio wanted to take it, and then Fonte came from the side of the pitch where Ronald Koeman was and said I was taking it. I thought, me? But he trusted me. I've never really taken penalties before, so I hadn't practised. I knew the pressure was on, so to get an important goal was a pretty special moment. Number 115. First free kick. Saints 3, West Brom 0, the 16th of January 2016. For me, it's a perfect example for anything in life, especially in sport, that if you practice as well as you can at a certain skill, for it to come off in a high-pressured situation was really pleasing. It was starting to get to me a little bit because I'd never scored a free kick. To get that first one took all that pressure off and gave me the hunger to keep practising. Number 161, the EFL Cup Final. Man United 3, Saints 2. When you stepped out at Wembley, I've got goosebumps now, you saw half of the stadium full of red and white Saints fans singing all the songs. To play the way we did, I think, epitomised what the club is about, challenging the big teams. We had Man United on the ropes. That was an incredibly proud day, not only for me, but all of my family. Number 142, beating Inter. Saints 2, Inter Milan 1, 3rd of November 2016. This was a special night, says James. One of those moments in your career when you have to look round, come away from the intensity of the game and actually see where you are and what you're doing. You're playing in a packed stadium against one of the biggest clubs in Italy and probably the world in Inter Milan. To not only play against them but to beat them was an incredible feeling. 226, 
Sinking Spurs. Saints 2, Tottenham 1, the 9th of March 2019. Every free kick feels like an amazing achievement to score one, because I think it's a tough skill to execute. What I liked with this one was the importance of the game. It's those moments you dream of in your mum and dad's garden. To score a winning free kick of that quality at home in front of the fans was everything I would try to replicate. Number 242. Derby Day Joy. Portsmouth nil, Saints 4, the 24th of September 2019. I remember running around the living room when the draw was made, says James. It was an unbelievable scene. I wished I'd recorded it. It was a special moment for me to play against Portsmouth. I wanted to go to the corner with Danny Ings and make the most of the moment after his second goal, but we had to escape because we were getting hit by coins. Number 286. Free kick double. Aston Villa 3, Saints 4, the 1st of November 2020. My 26th birthday. An amazing day. I couldn't have had a better birthday, says James. I always say to my little boy Oscar before I leave for a game, what should my celebration be? He loves golf, he plays it all the time, so I said I'll do a golf swing for him. Hopefully it'll inspire him to be a Southampton player one day and take free kicks as well. Number 344, Molyneux Rocket. Wolves 3, Saints 1, the 15th of January 2022. It was a strange one, not my typical free kick, not something I'd necessarily practised, says James. I'd say a lot of it was down to the good old-fashioned hit and hope. It wasn't really a crossing position, and it was just too far out, as I thought at the time, to shoot. So I thought, why not hit it? Thankfully, it went in. Number 393, Stamford Bridge winner. Chelsea nil, Saints won, the 18th of February 2023. It was Ruben's first game as manager. There could have been a lot of chaos in the house, as he likes to call it, but everything was calm. You almost felt like he'd been ready for that moment his whole life. As soon as the free kick was awarded, I thought, this is me. When I do miss them, I get really annoyed because I believe in myself and my practice and I should be scoring them. Number 360. Brighton Brace. Brighton 2, Saints 2, the 24th of April 2022. It didn't look like I hit the free kick too well, but I think the keeper was expecting it over the wall. For the second one, I'll never forget Oriol's little back heel. He's renowned for his tackles and smashing people, but he did have the odd bit of flair. He played for Barcelona, so he's got to have a bit. I remember marking it with a T for Tino Livramento, who'd been injured, so it was special. Number 399, Facing Forster. Saints 3, Tottenham 3, the 18th of March 2023. Playing against Fraser Forster, he's my best friend. I played with him for many years, and he was my next-door neighbour for a while. Playing around with my son in the garden, he knows my penalties. I was trying not to look at him because I knew I'd laugh. To miss that and lose the game, I think it would have dragged us down, so it was a huge point and a huge performance. Tactical Watch Manchester City travel to St Mary's in great form. What's behind it? The easy answer to this question for much of the campaign has simply been Erling Haaland. But, shorn of his services last weekend against Liverpool, they put on a goal-scoring show regardless. They are on a seven-game win streak in all competitions, netting 27 goals in that span. Seven came against RB Leipzig, six against Burnley and four against Liverpool, meaning all manner, size and shape of teams has been dispatched comfortably. There's an incredible rhythm to their play. There's been a tweak to their formation which has proved ingenious, and several key players are in top form. For Pep Guardiola, it's the ideal time of season for it all to come together. 
For Ruben Seles, halting this juggernaut is arguably the biggest challenge of his young managerial career to date. What's the secret to this newly tweaked City side? Defining formations using numbers can be tricky at times, but Man City's shape of late has looked a lot like 3-2-4-1 while on the ball. It's notable for its box-shaped midfield and complete lack of full-backs or wing-backs at times. Plus, John Stones played the entire match against Liverpool in midfield. The box shape helps them maintain control of the game and outnumber most opposing midfields. The two at the base progress the ball, while the two ahead, plus the two wingers, provide passing options. One of the two deeper midfielders will move to full-back if City lose the ball, creating a temporary back fall. Against Liverpool, that was Stones, but previously this year it's been Rico Lewis, while before the World Cup it was often João Cancelo. This system has unlocked great form from everyone in a City shirt, but Gundogan and Grealish have looked particularly excellent. What are the keys to causing an upset here? Playing against City is very difficult because the margins are extremely fine. Sitting deep and defending for 90 minutes isn't an option. They'll wear you down and find a way through, but if you step out and press, you open up spaces for them to use. Playing on the edge feels like an unnatural thing to do against such an opponent, but Saints have taken points from three of their last six home games against Pep's men, and each result has featured a willingness to step up and disrupt. A bravery which is a core ingredient to levelling the playing field. Speed to counter with is absolutely essential, as most attacks will be direct and City's heavy possession and territory leaves plenty of space in behind. A clinical edge in front of goal must complement that, as City concede the fewest shots, 7.4 per game, in the league. So making the most of opportunities is essential. At the other end, keeping Haaland quiet has proved incredibly hard this season, but not impossible. He favours the back post and his acceleration to meet the ball is frightening. The centre-backs will have some fight on their hands with him. And now, a few words from Franny Benali. I was very down and disappointed after the loss to West Ham, but we still have a chance to turn things around with plenty of points to play for. Things aren't over, and we have to keep trying to change our fortunes. I'd like to start with the Benali on Tour South Downs challenge that we completed since my last programme notes. There was a great camaraderie during the day, and it was a superb group to do the challenge with. It was a really good experience, a tough day in many ways, with the wind and the terrain making it a challenge for everyone, but thoroughly enjoyable nonetheless. It was good to be able to walk and interact with people, which highlighted the many brilliant things about it. There were individuals and groups of people who all had their different reasons for being there. So far we've managed to raise over £16,000 for the Saints Foundation, and that money will help them to keep doing their amazing work. I'd like to thank everyone who got involved through participation, organisation or through donating, and I hope it was a memorable day for all. It was great to see Saints produce a superb comeback against Spurs in our last home game. What a game it was, and the atmosphere at St Mary's was electric as we came from 3-1 behind to take a point. The team huddle that the players did after conceding a third goal looked to be a good move, and it was interesting to hear what was said at that moment. The reaction was incredible, and the huddle looked to help us focus on the task at hand again. We showed the character and personality that we will need to show for the remainder of the season, because other recent results against Brentford and West Ham have been disappointing ones. In my opinion, West Ham was there for the taking last weekend. We started the game well and had possession during the game, but you could argue that we only had a couple of chances. We also can't defend like we did for West Ham's winning goal. We were hoping for an offside call after a long VAR check, but you still need to defend well and attacking the ball coming into the box to deal with the danger. 
From that moment we were chasing the game a bit, and we didn't grasp the opportunity that was there for us. I always stress the importance of taking points against the teams around you in the table, but we'll now need to get results in fixtures against teams near the top of the Premier League. We still have Arsenal and Newcastle to face, as well as City today. City are a formidable outfit when you consider the options they have in their squad, and Saints know that, having beaten them 2-0 in the League Cup earlier this season, in what was a special night at St Mary's. We've got to make sure that we match the excellent performance levels from that night today, and for the rest of the season, to give ourselves a chance. Franny